And what I suggest is learn to dodge words like that. Mm -hmm. Let the always word go by. Mm -hmm. Or the tone, just kind of get, don't, mm -hmm. when they say, and they point the finger, just kind of try to get out of the way of those and stay zero zeroed in, focused on what is it they want me to hear? Because they're hurt, they're angry about something. Right. What is it? Right. I mean, that, and here's the deal, Mark. That's what I want someone to do with me. Right. Right. This is this is how I how and why I know that uh, how I learned the principles that I teach is over this because this, this is how I want people to communicate with me. Yeah. So the question is, am I willing to do it with others? Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius: Conversation with Introspective Perspectives and Pithy Points of View. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Here we are yet again. There is no Mike Marshall yelling out my last name to start our episode. And you know what that means. It means we have a very special guest on the podcast today. Uh, this is my friend, Mark Olsey. And I, I guess, Mark, I'm going to say this as sort of a preamble to us talking. Um we uh, we were introduced through uh, my friend from college, Mariah, and she is a whip smart uh, biochemical researcher who studies proteins in cells and and how it relates to things like cancer and metastasis. She's really really wow. smart, and you met her at a reception, and uh, she said, "I think you need to talk to my friend Mark Ramsey," and I one hundred percent concur with her opinion it's fascinating <laughs> i love it when uh there is a another discipline that enters the discipline mm. that i'm studying and figures out a breakthrough and uh it's it's this is a long preamble but i've, I've got to tell you this i i just received in the mail i'm going to hold this up so you can see it okay. a stack of books on the founding fathers and this came from a uh, retired military uh, person. I'm going to speak very uh, anonymously for his sake. Uh, background in finance and research, and uh, served our country well in a very dangerous position. And he was making the point to me. He said the founding fathers were combining all these different disciplines: uh, mm -hmm. the Bible, uh, political theory from people like John Locke, who said, you know, that uh, we had a right to life, liberty, and Property was what he said. Hmm. Uh, English common law, um, the the idea of um, of the Roman Republic and classical thought, and and some wow. of them farmers, some of wow. them were you know were lawyers, but all of those threads came together into this tapestry that you and I are about to celebrate on the Fourth of July. I think by the time hmm. our episode airs, it'll be after the Fourth. Um, but uh, that's sort of what's happening here because. I'm I'm studying some things from the perspective of a coach for businesses and workplaces, and doggone if I'm not talking right now to a marriage and family counselor. So, Mark, that's that's a very long-winded way of saying welcome, Mark. And could you give us a little sort of history of how you got to where you're at now? I, I can do that. First of all, I just want to say thank you, thank you, Mark. Oh, it has been it has been fun just getting to know you. Yeah, um, and more than that, it's been 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 a delight. And I have hung up on a couple of our calls and went back and talked to my wife and said, "I really like this guy." I really, you know, we, I, I've said that a couple of times. I thought, I "Wish we could connect more," and so forth. So this is fun for me. It's a delight for me, yeah, and, and a wonderful opportunity. 
Thank you. Thank you for, uh, yeah, yeah. for having me on, on the, the podcast. You bet. Yeah. So I, uh, I've been doing marriage counseling for, Ooh, honestly, even a couple more years than 35 years. So I've, I've been doing what I'm doing for a long time. Wow. And I have literally, I've sat in front of couples, hundreds of probably thousands or as many more, more hours. And what, what, what brought me here to, to, to our connection and the podcast here is, is what I, and I came uh, came away with and have uh, developed as a result of watching people communicate is a is as a means to go deeper with connection, have richer conversations, and have what I call healthy conflict conversations mm -hmm. rather than arguments. Yep, yep. And and, th and this came out of me watching people uh, try to communicate. Four to five couples come to me and literally within the first two minutes, they say, we can't communicate. We can't yeah. communicate. And yeah. I'd watch them for two minutes right. and I would say, totally agree. <laughs> they can't do it. So I, I saw it, watched it, observed it over and over and over again. And I just began finding things that they were missing over and over and over again. Mm. And if they, if they did these, took these steps, this, and then this, and then this, the conversation took off and was amazing. And it enabled them work through conflict so i kind of noted all that yeah and th that formed a, f a, a a teaching and training they do call pledge talk so you have turned this into a book um i will hold it up the pledge of a lifetime phenomenal book um and uh, it, it's really interesting because uh you know I, i'm a i'm a product of a very good marriage my parents have a lovely marriage and uh, my mom would say you better fight. Uh, now, fight fairly, fight well, uh, because if you don't fight, you're not invested, uh, mm. but but you have to fight in the right way. And meanwhile, I have clients at work that say things like, um, we can't communicate. I'll, I'll do an employee survey and the number one comment will be communication needs to be better around here, you know, things like that. And, and the funny thing is, is that uh, notice how poorly they've communicated because I have no idea what they want me to work on. You know, is it this department talking to that, to that department? Is it wow. this manager talking to that employee? Is it who who knows? And so um, so even in that, it, it betrays the fact that they struggle to communicate. So my understanding sure. is you've had uh, some of your uh, people that have gone through marriage conferences with you and and retreats and so on some of your private clients, but they're coming to you and saying, hey, could you come talk to my workplace? And so this has gone from a book for marriage, uh, you know, uh, a marriage and family counseling to it's a workplace book. Yeah, I've uh, I, I've started out myself. Um, I, I grew up in more of a, in, uh, in my, my uh, with a lot of church background. And I began taking this to different churches and doing marriage conferences teaching pledge talk and we begin hearing people say hey th this process you teach it, it called pledge talk and, and again we'll get into it but it's a it's a six-step process with pledge as an acronym right to define those six steps help us to keep them in mind but we began having parents come up and say could we use this with our kids we would say, absolutely, mm -hmm. please teach and train your kids. In fact, my daughter, who's a kindergarten teacher, 
has taught her five-year-olds to use this. And she has watched five-year-olds talk through conflict. So yes, use it with your kids. Somebody else says, can I use this with a friend? Yes. Somebody else, can I use this in my workplace? Yes. (laughs) Right. Because all of us, all of us struggle with communication. Yeah. And resolving of conflict because we weren't taught how to do it. Yeah. None of us, none of us grew up in a home. I say none of us. Literally, when I when I do a conference and, and talk to 100 people or 200 people, there's and I ask how many people grew up in a home yeah. where mom and dad or grandma or somebody sat you down and said, hey, whoa, 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 to, you know, to you and your sibling or something, right. you know, let's stop a second and let's talk a minute about how to have a, a good conversation here and talk this yeah. through. Yeah. It's like it's like one or one, out, literally one out of 100 people have raised their hand, said that they've had anything like that. Right. Right. And yet everybody, everybody has conflict. Yeah. And I and I tell those parents, if you don't teach your children what to do, they're going to experience conflict with their friends and, and one day with their marriage, and they're not going to know what to do. Or they're going to go in the workplace. Right. They're going to have conflict. Yeah. And they're not going to know what to do. And so, yeah, it's gone from, from all, all different. The, well, the, I was going to say that that's 100% what I deal with because I have those folks coming into my clients' workplaces. And, you know, I, I think I was telling you earlier, you know, it's it's very common for uh, someone to say, uh, you know, a company to say, wow, you're really good at uh, sales. We should make you a manager of all the salespeople. And that's not necessarily a logical step, right? They don't necessarily right. have the, the bundles of skills necessary. Yeah. Um, and, but the big bundle is communication in some form. And, and pledge talk is a is a phenomenal I, you know, just, just to be frank, I've used it, you know, in, in my marriage, uh, it's, it's, you know, very, just very clear and straightforward. Um, and by the way, it doesn't mean you suddenly get home runs and get all your, uh, wants and wishes. Right. But mm. it, we'll get into that. I'm, I am confident as we go through this, but so, so do you mind, could you just, uh, sort of walk us through, uh, the, the letters and sort of what those, what those steps of pledge represent and the acronym, and um, and may- maybe I'll sort of prompt you along the way, but uh, but but let's start with, let's start with the 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 beginnings of this, and uh, the the P is for pause, correct? It is. And what I say is, I teach this in the context of a conflict. So you, any yeah. one of us finds ourselves in a conflict. What do we do? Oh, okay, so so that's important. It, it's blown up in our face a little bit, uh, or or it's or it's about to blow up in our face, and we we can have this acronym in our head, and and that's why P is the start. That's exactly right. Got it. Because I think most of us, most of us don't even think about the idea of conflict because it's too uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And we've had poor experiences with it, so it's it's painful. So we don't even like we're, we're conflict avoiders. That's most right. of us. And again, it's either because we've we've had bad experiences, or number one or number two is we don't know what to do when we experience it. Yeah. So I think we we largely go through life even ignoring little markers that might indicate we are in conflict or could be in conflict yeah we, we ignore those markers and just kind of let them go by because we don't even want to think about it yeah and so suddenly we find ourselves there yeah we're, we're in it somebody snaps 
somebody there, there's an obvious tone there's the even the rolling of the eyes yep. there's a reactive response yep. um someone's volume has gone up yeah and and you know because you're uncomfortable right this is it's here it's it's on top of us right now yeah what do we do and the first thing i suggest is somebody hit the pause button mm -hmm. now i i don't recommend you you know stick the the the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the device right in their face and say you know pause hit the pause button you know we're going to do yeah. that kind of thing that might exacerbate the conflict a little bit more <laughs> but it's the idea of recognizing we're in a spot where if this continues to go the way it is it, it's almost inevitable that it's going to worsen yeah and the relationship is going to go from good to bad or bad to worse mm -hmm. and what we do and what we say is going to be injurious so in uh, this is the uh if you can't say something nice don't say nothing at all um and not just because you can't say something nice but we're looking for the the temperature to go down so that we can maybe come back at this a little more rationally that's perfect great way of saying it I, there's a proverb uh, mark i was going to tell you in in line with what you the the, the, the phrase you just used there's a yeah. proverb that says death and life are in the power of the tongue mm. mm -hmm. so this is uh, i believe it's absolutely true yeah. literally every word that comes out of my mouth every word that comes out of your mouth yeah um it it, it has it, it has an effect yeah on the people around me it it, it is either life-giving it's it, it brings life to the relationship, greater depth, greater appreciation, greater joy, greater enjoyment, greater yep. consensus or connection. Life, the words do that, yep. or they bring death. And for my audience, oh, by the way, if you're the manager, if you're the owner or you know, executive in the mm. company, you have no idea how long-lasting your words are. I mean, I have people quote to me. Again, for life or for death, good or bad, words that were said a decade ago. You know, he said to me, and it's still remembered to this day. Um, I thought of another Bible verse that might carry us over. Uh, I think James says, uh, be slow to speak, slow to get angry. So there's the pause. Uh, and then the rest of the verse is quick to listen. Right. So Which maybe, moves us into the second step. But yeah. but let me, let me talk a little more about the pause thing. Oh, so please. We, we're, we're in that moment. Yep. We know something's going down. It's not good. And e even we ourselves are prone to or want to react, perhaps. We're either wanting to shut down, pull away, which isn't helpful, or we want to react. That's not helpful. Mm -hmm. Maybe we already have reacted. Right. Okay. And maybe it's maybe it's then that we realize, oh my lens, this is not going anywhere good. So my thought is, and, and I tell the couples I work with, I I, I was telling a gr group of seventeen leaders in, in a aerospace um, uh, business here. I, I spoke to a couple of weeks ago. If if we want to create a sense of safety amongst a team or in relationships, when we recognize this is happening if we go at it it's going to you know significantly um, heighten fear and anxiety in everyone and people yep. are not going to be likely to share so 
even how it's a there's an effect on the relationship right here in, uh, with the immediate person with me but if there's others around me it has an effect as well so we need to hit the pause button to, to just keep this from going any further okay mm -hmm. and and then and then as you said um it to, to lower the temperature mm -hmm. to to dial down our emotions Mm -hmm. So there are PET scans that show the, the, uh, of the brain that show yes. that literally when our emotions are real high, the rational part of the brain is is literally shut down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, we've all heard the phrase, maybe we've said it, the, the idea that I was so angry I couldn't even think straight. Yeah. Okay. The PET scans show this is literally true. That's what's happening. Yeah. That's what's happening. My emotions are so high. The, the person's in, in front of me, his emotions, her emotions are so high. And, and we're literally, we're not thinking straight. Right. We're not thinking well at all at this moment. How could we ever expect the conversation to go in a good way with, with, with that being the case, with the rational part of our brain shut down? Yeah, we, we talk about uh, amygdala hijack a few times on this uh, podcast and the idea of cortisol getting just sort of uh, thrust through your brain and turning you into the fight or flight mode, which is yes. really not true. It's fight or flight or freeze, yeah. none of which are a good option, none of which move you forward in the relationship and in the you know problem solving that you really want to do with this other person, this other party. So exactly. yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. So, so, we have to, so we have to dial down our emotions. Yeah. The next thing I say that that while I'm in the pause mode, there's actually some work, some personal work to do. Mm-hmm. I've taught this in, in different settings and kind of kind of find out that somebody says, okay, pause, and they and they go away and come back an hour later to talk, but they're at the exact same place they were an hour ago. Yeah. Because they because they haven't done any personal work, right? In internal work. And what I mean by that is again, when I'm saying pause, I, I'm saying pause because I don't want this to, to worsen. And because I know myself, I'm being reactive. And yeah. so I want to take some time away to, to get those emotions down. For, for And there's a physiological component to that. Maybe I go on a walk. Maybe I just take some deep breaths. Yep. Um, there's some, uh, if uh, if you have any uh, 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 spiritual life, maybe, maybe you pray. Maybe yep. in talking with God, that's a way to help dial things down a minute. Mm -hmm. There's another thing you can do, and that is you do some mental work and you you, you tell yourself things like, this is my boss. Probably pretty important that I, uh, you know, get to a place where we can have a, a good conversation. This is a friend that I I, I want to keep as a friend. I, I appreciate this person. This is my spouse. This is my husband. This is my wife. This is my child, and I love them. Yeah. And I don't want to do anything to injure them. So I'm reminding myself of who the person is and the why this is so important that I deal with this, that we have a good conversation. Again, I just don't stop, think we even stop to think about that at the moment. Yeah. Typically, we just naturally just kind of clash and we just get through it or get away and just, and then we talk bad in, in our heads, at least, if not to other people about the other person. And, and I would have to think that some of this uh, might uh, boil down to uh, getting a little more clear-headed about what just happened that this, you know, this person that I care about or that I am, am feeling responsible to that uh, it, it, it's not that they're necessarily the enemy, you know, like they, they maybe came into the conversation with the best of intentions, just like I did. 
there's just something that we're cross purposes on and we need to get some clarity about that but this this person is not the enemy it's we we've got conflict that we need to name and walk through i'd love that and i if we had a Another another thirty minutes. I could just talk about that, <laughs> but I, but I, but I love the idea that that uh, we're not enemies. I love that. So so that's beautiful. And, but but tagging on a little bit with just what you just said, it it, it is the kind of one other little piece of work that I think we need to do while we're in the pause step or uh, mm -hmm. phase, and that is to like you said to remind ourselves that whatever happened back there happened that something happened, and I have a perspective. On what happened but the other person also has a perspective mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what most of us do when we're in conflict doesn't matter with who whom we're in conflict with but what most of us do is we're stuck on what we think about what happened and we do everything we can to get that person to see our perspective mm -hmm. we, we give very little thought to the idea that there's another one that I need another to. perspective yeah. that also needs to be heard. Right. And if we're to have a good, healthy conversation, both perspectives need to be heard. So in the pause, before I jump down to the next step, which is listen, I need to shift in my mind and in my soul, if you will, yeah. that I am I'm ready not. I'm, I'm, I'm not there anymore where I'm saying I'm going to get this person to hear me out. Yeah. I'm actually willing to say, I don't know what happened back there, but something happened and I'm willing to hear your perspective first. So I heard you uh, in an interview uh, about this uh, from the perspective of marriage and you were being interviewed with your wife and uh, you, you talked about how you very quickly go to pause. I, that, I don't know if you realize that, but that was what I what I got out of the mm. the episode was that, you know, the, the the goal was to go to pause as quickly as possible before things get escalated. And you know, I'm looking at workplaces where things might have, like I said, they might have been escalated for ten years because we didn't deal with that comment made back then. And and again, managers often don't realize how long term their words have impact. So, you know, if if you get ten years out. It's pretty embarrassing when it finally comes to to the fore. You know, you're still thinking about that. You know, you feel embarrassed that you're bringing it up. But the quicker you can get to pause, I guess, is what I'm hearing is the the better off you are. Well, absolutely. Again, because of the very same same thing. What you're saying, Mark, is because our words have power. Right. Right. They really do have an effect. And you say sometimes it, it, managers don't recognize that the words that they said affected somebody, and it, it's lasted for ten years. Husbands and wives don't think about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Parents yeah. don't think about when they said something to their teen or their yeah. young child. My wife was saying again last night, she saw in, in a grocery store, a grandma just going on and on and on, griping about their eight-year-old. Get away from there. Don't do that. Come on, get away. And just doing that. And the grandma has no idea the impact of the words and the tone and everything yeah. she's doing in her interactions. It's going to affect that child potentially on some level the rest of his life yeah well like i said i had great parents great great marriage and i would like you to stop convicting me now we're gonna have to move on um the uh yeah it's it's hard being a parent it's hard being in wow. it's hard being in relationships with people isn't it like this there, yes. there's a reason that this pledge talk exists so well i think relationships are the greatest joy and, mm. and I think it's what we long for more than anything else. We were made for relationship. Yeah, made for connection. Made for connection. And yet, that is where, obviously, our, our greatest 
pain comes from. Yeah. Fears and fears of pain and so forth. So it's just a real back and forth. Love that. So I can, I can appreciate that. that. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so we don't go on for 30 minutes on one letter. Um, okay. Take, take, take us from, from pause. I, I appreciate all, all that. I mean, the, the pause is, is, uh, like you said, it's not just something you gloss over. It's a thing that you're doing. It's a choice you're making. And then you get a chance to listen. You you made a point of saying that whoever presses the pause button is usually the one who sort of initiates the next three steps. So so, so tell us about listen and how. Yeah. That so the, the next next three steps well would be to that that if like you and I were in a conflict, Mark, and I would say, okay, Mark, hold on a second. Um, I kind of I kind of like this thing you and I got going this relationship and friendship, and I don't want to see it ruined anymore. Let's just stop a minute, take a few breaths, you know, do a little internal work remind ourselves of our friendship, remind ourselves that we uh, both have perspective. And then if I'm going to hit the pause button, I'm going to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't know what went on back there, but I, I want, I want to hear it. So l- let me initiate the second step, which is then, uh, which is listening and then echoing and disarming. So I will take the lead on the next three steps. And so I volunteered to listen, but, but then the key is, is I need to listen to understand you. Uh-huh. And, and and you know this to be true the moment I say this, and every, your audience will know this to be true too. Yep. The tendency on our parts is when we're in a conflict situation, we're not really, 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 we are listening, but we're not really listening to understand the other person. Yeah. We're listening for ammo, right? So that we can win this argument. That's exactly right. We're, we're, we're listening for, to one of two things. They're kind of, they, they, they play together uh, um, on the, in, in hand in hand both are negative but we but we look for ammo because we're, we're in we're all we, we go into the conversation without thinking about it in a defensive position mm-hmm. so we're going to look how to fight and so we want to find the ammo we can use and 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 so when i'm listening to you i'm looking to what i'm doing then is i'm looking to see everything that you got wrong yeah <laughs> Well, I didn't say that back then. No, I no, no that happened two days ago. And yeah. actually, I was you the one who started this thing. And you think <laughs> I had tone, you had tone, and, and I'm just listening to everything that I can that I'm right. thinking that you're you're telling me that's that's not correct. Yeah. It's in error. Yeah, and that's and that is largely a big part of my ammo. So I take all of that, and as soon as I get the the microphone, if you will, yeah. yeah. I throw all that back to you and say, that's not true. That's not true. This is what really happened. That's not true. That's not true. Well, what do you think is happening on the other end at that time? The other person now, like you in the situation, in the natural, you're going to be listening to me in the same way. That's not true, Mark. I didn't do that. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true as well. And then where where has that gotten to us? We're, We're both escalating the conversation, the conflict. And oddly enough, I've never heard that uh, you listen to me, right? Like, uh, you know, if you start uh, immediately attacking me, I'm going to say, you didn't hear anything I said. That's exactly right. No, that's great. That's exactly right. So I need to listen. I say, listen to understand. Yes, yes, absolutely. But what am I looking for? I'm, I'm looking, I'm working to hear what you want me to hear. Oh, that's a great. I'm I'm looking to hear I'm listening to hear what you want me to hear. Exactly. Because you're trying to communicate something to me. Right. You may not say it the best way, the right way. Maybe, yep. maybe you say this, but you really meant that. 
And I need to kind of sort it all out so that I can say, what is my friend Mark trying to communicate? What does he want me to hear? So let me give a, a, a counter example of, of what this often looks like when you miss that listening step is um, somebody poorly communicates, you know, I don't know, I'm in, I'm in a workplace, so maybe it's gruff language, coarse language, uh, like you said, tone of voice, et cetera. They do have a point, but they set it with all of that, you know, attitude. And so the other person says, well, well you're not going to talk to me that way. And like, that's the end of it, right? Like, like only the style, none of the content came through to the other person. Mm, yes. And so I, I'm somehow in, in my pause and listening, I'm going to have to separate all that style out and say, okay, okay. I know this person has something in there. That's a good intention. They're trying, this is important to them. And, and I, their relationship with me is important. I want them to work for me, or I, you know, I, I want to have a good relationship with a co coworker. What is it they're trying to say? What is what is it that they want me to hear? I got to figure out what that is and pull it forward. That's exactly right, Mark. It's exactly yeah. right. And and I talk about I, I remind my audiences of uh, the the game of dodgeball. Most of us can still remember yeah. playing that at some point, and and that ball coming at us, and we don't want to get hit, so we dodge, yeah. right? And it's the same kind of a thing when we're in dialogue with someone and they're frustrated. Maybe they were never taught pledge or, <laughs> right. or um, maybe they know it, but at the moment it's, it's not in the forefront of their mind. Right. right. And um, a friend, my wife, someone says, you always do that. Yeah. And, and that, and that always word, it's, right. it's one of those trigger words. We yeah. all have the experience. Right. It's the trigger word and something happens inside of us. It's like, <laughs> right. And we just, it just, Causes all this internal cognitive dissonance and so forth. And what I suggest is learn to dodge words like that. Mm -hmm. Let the always word go by. Mm -hmm. Or the tone, just kind of get, don't, mm -hmm. when they say, and they point the finger, just kind of try to get out of the way of those and stay zero it, zeroed in, focused on what is it they want me to hear? Because they're hurt, they're angry about something. Right. What is it? Right. I mean that. And here's the deal, Mark. That's what I want someone to do with me. Right. Right. This is this is how I how and why I know that uh, how I learned the principles that I teach is over this because th this is how I want people to communicate with me. Yeah. So the question is, am I willing to do it with others? And and there's a humility that is required for that to happen. I mean, I I. I tell this to managers all the time that, that there's a humbleness that you're going to have to have uh, to to do this. Uh, the, the person who says you always do that, you know, when I hear that, I I feel very much treated like you know uh, like like uh, insignificant, and yeah. you know that's the word that comes to my mind. I feel trivialized, like that's all I am to you is just I always do that thing. Yeah. Uh, you can't let that trigger you. you. You're going to have to get past that, dodge it. I love that. Yeah. Um, once you have received it, though. Yeah. Well, like, what do you what do you do once you have received what you needed to that what they needed you to know? What what is it that you do with that? So uh, again, great question because that moves us to the next step. Once I receive it, I, I, I kind of like that. It's an interesting idea. I'm not quite sure I've used that word before. I've always yeah. used the idea of once I sense, I know what it is they want me to hear. Okay, but but, but either way, sure. either way, once I sense it, then I want to move to the next step, mm -hmm. and. 
I, I could just, I could at that point just say, okay, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Sure. And if that was you and me, Mark, and I said, okay, fine. I got it. I know what you're saying. Yeah. In your head, you're thinking, yeah, does, did, does did he really get it? Get it? <laughs> and you don't, you don't know. Right. Right. The only way you can really know is if I go to the next step, which is to echo or to echo back. Mm-hmm. And I'd simply say, okay, Mark, so you're saying, um, you know, you and I know that we tried this podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago and it didn't work. <laughs> and, 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 um, you, you could, you could be mad at me or that you could say, Mark, you didn't do your, prepare, you know, your prep work ahead of time to, uh, you know, to be prepared for this. I mean, who do you think, you think I got hours and hours and hours to spend time with trying to, someone trying to figure out all the technology. I don't have, and you can be mad at me about that. I'm just, right, right, right. And, 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 and if you kind of, and I, and you're, and so we got on here today and you're upset about that. I could listen maybe hear even maybe some underneath beneath your words that man time is really really precious to you and maybe you're thinking I'm, I, that I, I i don't recognize that mm-hmm. so i don't know i might just say i just echo back and say so you're really frustrated about this because of that and i wasn't prepared and and say a few more things about that to echo back to let you know that i heard you and then i'm and then i might ask you and say did, did i hear that correctly is, is that what you're saying mm-hmm checking for confirmation that that you've understood yeah again don't you want to know yeah that i've heard you right and 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 even more so have an opportunity to say more clearly if i miss something yeah so I have a uh, a colleague, uh, Thad Bartlett, really smart guy who uh, is an instructional designer and has produced some, you know, some curriculum. And uh, he made a point to me once that when you do that reflective listening, as as I've called it with my clients, when you reflect back what you think you heard him say, uh, you you get three things that happen. Uh, either they say yes, you got it, or they say oh oh no, that's not it at all. Or there's the mixture of, yes, that's it, and let me add some additional clarifications. In all three opportunities there, in all three options, you win, right? Because uh, A, you you better understand them, and B, you get credit for trying to really understand them. That That's a good builder. So it's a, it's, echoing is a huge... Echoing is huge. I, I, I want to let you say anything more you have about that, but I want to make sure that we, we're going to end it after this letter because the next step is something you do that's really special. And I, I think we, we're going to have to, to give it its, its due. We're going to have to do a second episode. But what, what else would you, would you share with folks about echoing and, and how that works? Interesting. You talk about how important it is. My son says, and my son's in his uh, mid-30s, he says, Dad, this is my favorite step. Echo, he says. Uh, interestingly, for a lot of people, it's a bit more challenging because it feels, at first, if they're not used to doing this at all, it, it feels a little bit weird to echo yeah. back. Right. And and I understand that, and I can appreciate that. <clears throat> the interesting thing is, when someone does it to them, they always really appreciate it. That's right. When someone takes the time to, you know, I, I, I sat with a, a gal that I'm, who I've hired to do a few hours of work for me each week. And, and I was yesterday with her sharing some stuff and she, and for about, took about 20 minutes and she echoed back well. And it's like, oh my word, <laughs> because it indicates to us how that the other person was listening and how yeah. well they're listening. 
and we feel just like we feel cared for we feel loved right. we feel respected all those things and it's a beautiful thing so when we do it to others it might feel awkward but but you're doing something really good yeah. and and going to be really beneficial for the the relationship the other person is going to know right. whether or not you've heard them that's right you're going to know yep whether or not you've heard them you can move forward with that yeah yeah which is critical and, and necessary for a to to one day hopefully or one one at one point experience some resolution we have to move forward but we have to move forward together right right okay we're on the same page we're doing this together let's we're going from here to here to here and we're making progress in what i call a healthy conflict conversation so what's i'm gonna put a button in it there and i'm gonna just give a little teaser for part two of this because um you you, uh, you and I talked about this. Uh, my uh, my podcast partner Mike and I are big fans of the book Crucial Conversations. Yep. It's it's clearly uh, something that you uh, understand and and appreciate as well. Um, and we found the book confusing enough. It's you know it's this dense manual of a book that we turned it into a like I think a six part podcast series, and we have a handout, and so that all that's on the website. But um, what we <laughs> What we don't have, I think, in in crucial conversations spelled out the way you spell it out is step four, the D of pledge, uh, which is disarm. And I, I'm going to let you get into that in the next episode. Uh, so definitely come back because you're not done with echo until you do this this disarm step. And it's, it's really powerful how you do it. So I'll put a button in it there. Uh, Mark, you may not know this, but we have a professional voiceover artist who usually takes us home. So I'm just okay. going to pause and, and let uh, the dulcet tones of uh, a beautiful man speak. And that's a wrap. It doesn't take a genius. The blog dedicated to reducing the irreducible. Next time, prime numbers. What makes them so special? Join us then. And thanks for listening. That's good enough.